Thank you for listening to the One City Church Podcast. We hope this resource inspires you and equips you to walk in everything that God has for you. I have a, I have a different kind of a message, and I want you to just listen to me uh, as I get into this. There's not anything I'm, I'm going to say that can't be proven uh, scripturally. I'm going to prove everything that I say scripturally. It's different. Now, this is a different message. I just want you to really listen to it. I was raised by a Bible prophecy preacher. My pastor was R.C. Wetzel, and he was a genius. Uh, he really was. He could open up a dictionary and scan the page and close it and quote everything on that page. He had a photographic memory. But he was the most humble man that I've ever met. He was a godly uh, mentor to me. He was my spiritual father. And um, <clears throat> I used to really wonder, was he an angel or a man? But I wish today that I had half the walk with God that he did. But he was a Bible prophecy preacher, and he engendered the love for Bible prophecy into me. And he would always tell me, son, the day's going to come in your lifetime, not in mine, when you'll stand up and you'll be preaching on subjects that people will be desperate to hear, but they don't know they're desperate to hear it until after you preach it. And so today I'm going to preach a message on what if. Now I'm going to go ahead and give you the, um, I'm going to go ahead and give you the disclaimer, okay? Most people trust me. Most people know that I represent revival and most people love me and trust me. And most people know that I'm never going to venture out on shark infested waters and say something that I can't prove. That's, that's a true statement. They do. They trust me because they know that I'm not going to do that. But what I'm going to say in this message today right up front, I won't be 10 minutes into the message and you'll hear it. I'm going to deal with what happened in the Garden of Eden. And I want you to understand that what happened in the Garden of Eden had to do with an alien. It was not just a snake that Adam named. It was Satan and he came from another place. He was not from the earth. He came into the garden. He was an alien, an outsider. And whenever he came and he began to talk to Eve and began to talk to Adam, it was a crossing of the swords and a battle royal that was about to begin that was going to last for millennia and culminate in the Great Tribulation period. But when Eve was confronted in the garden, it was not something that Adam had named. It was not a garden variety snake. It was an alien because Satan was not from this world. He was from another world. I just want you to listen to me today because here's what I believe. I'm going to just go ahead and tell you right up front. I believe very soon that the world, the nations of the world, is going to be faced with some of the greatest deception that has ever been known to mankind because we're coming to the close out of this age. We're coming toward the end of the age. And as you well know, the signs are everywhere. Jesus is going to come soon. I don't know when, but he's going to come soon. All the signs are there. It used to be that if there were several signs in motion at one time, it was really impressive. But now all the signs, all the signs are in motion 
concerning his soon coming. And in regard to that, I want to talk to you today and I want you to be thinking on some things because in the very near future, you're going to be seeing what I'm talking about. I'm just getting out ahead of the curve. And you're going to be seeing some of the things I'm talking about. You're going to be seeing them soon. I don't want you to be shocked. I don't want you to be surprised, but I want you to remember what I'm telling you now before some of these things ever take place because they're coming and they're coming soon. I entitled this message today, What If? If you'll just stand with me for a moment for the reading of the Word. I always like to salute the Word by standing. <clears throat> and this is a powerful scripture. It's in Luke chapter 21 and verse 26. Men's hearts failing them for fear and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth. Everyone look at this please carefully. Men's hearts failing them for fear. And men's hearts will fail them for fear because they're looking after those things which are coming on the earth. For the powers of heaven shall be shaken. In the New Living Testament, thank you. In the New Living Testament, it says this. Our New Living Translation. People will be terrified at what they see coming upon the earth. For the powers in the heavens shall be shaken. You may be seated. Thank you very much. So today, as an introduction, let me just say again, there's no doubt that I'm coming to you with a very strong message, and I'm convinced that the Holy Spirit has burdened me to share this with people, whoever will listen. When I preached it at my church, I've only preached this one other place than my church. This is the second place I preached it. I preached it on a Friday night. We had a packed out house, and we had thousands of people, thousands of people online that was watching live streaming. And I know today that we have a lot of people watching live streaming here. And the word got out, and it's gotten tremendous response. We haven't had one negative response to this at all. But when you hear some of the things that I'm going to say, you may think, well, boy, he's really out there. But I want you to understand, as we come toward the end of the age, you better believe there's going to be some things that's really going to be out there. You better believe it. But as you continue to listen to what I have to say, you're going to realize I haven't covered anything at all that I can't prove in the Bible. The time is approaching very fast now when these things and others that I don't have time to mention will start happening. And whenever they start happening, I remember I was watching 911 happen on my coach. I was pastoring Brownsville. I got up on 9-9-2001. On Sunday morning, I got up off the platform, walked toward the pulpit, and I said these words when I took the pulpit that morning. I had no idea of anything. I, I know God used me prophetically that morning. And when I stood behind the pulpit, I welcomed everybody, and I said, now, I want to just tell you something. In a couple of days, by Tuesday, you're going to cut on your television, and you're going to say, oh, my God. And I said, I just want you people to understand that it's coming. Be prepared. When I heard myself say that, it scared me. Because I thought to myself, John Kilpatrick, you have just ripped your throat right here before everybody. And the next night I went up to Lexington, Kentucky to preach. And I remember I got up to take the pulpit that night before I preached. I said, in the morning you'll cut on your television set and you'll say, oh my God. 
Well, the pastor called me last Tuesday night. The reason I'm talking about this, the, the pastor of that church called me last Thursday night. And she said, Brother John, I had a dream about you. And she said, I remember what you told our church the day before 911. And she said, when 911 happened the next day, I was in the back of sleep on my coach. And we were in Atlanta. I was going to preach for Jensen Franklin that night. And uh, Tony knocked on my door and he said, I think you need to come up here and see this. And just when I got up there, one of the buildings was falling. And I said to myself, oh, my God, I fulfilled the very prophecy that came out of my own lips. And so the Lord showed me that in the similar way I'm trying to tell you today that there's some things that's coming soon. But I don't know if you're prepared for it. I just want you to be prepared for it. Those of you that are here and those of you that are watching by live streaming. So let's talk about this serpent for a minute. I prepared this message for months before I got the guts to preach it. I didn't want to be misunderstood. I didn't want to be misinterpreted or misrepresented. So I'll go back to the beginning in the book of Genesis. And I begin to look at the first temptation different than I'd ever looked at it because I had always looked at it as the serpent. The Bible said the serpent was more deceptive than any other beast of the field. And so whenever you say serpent here, you're not talking about a, a garden variety snake. It said the Lord took the man put him in the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. And the Lord commanded the man saying, of every tree of the garden shall you freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat of it. In the day that you do, you'll die. Now let me explain something to you. Listen carefully. Eve was not even created when God told Adam to not touch the tree, not to not eat of the tree. Eve was not even created yet. Now think about that for a moment with me. She was not even created after God took Adam out in the garden, he said, of all the trees you may eat, but this one you may not eat. The Bible said he took the man out. Go home and read it. I'll back up what I say. Go home and read it. He took the man out there and said, don't eat of the tree. Then the Bible said after God did that, he told him to dress the garden and keep it. Then the Bible said he saw that man was alone and he made woman. And he made Eve after he gave that dictate not to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Then he made woman. Eve got the message secondhand. She got it through Adam. And when Eve got the message, don't eat of the tree, she and Adam, of every tree you may eat except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Here's something that I want you to think about just for a minute. God never gave them any details. He never told them who was coming. He never told them that there's someone coming that's going to be an interloper. Satan, it was Satan that tempted Adam and Eve. It was not a snake, a garden variety snake like you see crawling on the ground. It was not, it was an interloper. He saw man in the garden. He knew that God walked with man every day. He knew that man fellowship with God, God fellowship with man. As a matter of fact, Jesus is the only begotten son of God. But in the book of Luke, it said that Adam was a son of God, but not the only begotten son of God. He was a son of God. He was God's son. He created him to be the progenitor of the human race. And so whenever Satan saw that, God had blessed Adam and given him authority over all the work of his hands... It wasn't a little garden variety snake that came in the garden that talked. 
It was a beautiful, mesmerizing serpent that came in, and I'll show it to you in just a minute, that began to talk to Eve. God never told her who was coming or what he would look like or how strong the temptation would be. He only said, God only said this, of all the trees, not this one right here. If you do, you'll die for sure. But he never gave the details. When God put the disciples on the boat to cross over, he never told them about the storm. He said, cross over to the other side. How many of you understand something? That if God says the other side, that's all you need to hear, the other side. It means you're going to make it just fine. And it means there's not going to be a, it, it might not mean there's not going to be a storm. It might not mean that there's going to be all kinds of resistance, but you're going to make it. God means what he says and says what he means. And he said, don't touch this tree. But he, he said, he never told them what this was going to look like. He never told them how compelling the temptation would be. He never told them what this tempter would look like. He just said, don't eat of this tree. So he never shared the details of what the encounter would look like. Now, the Bible says that the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God made. And he said to the woman, Yea, hath God said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden. That's what Satan said to the woman. Now, what if this snake was more than just a snake? What if he was an alien from another world? And that's exactly what he was. He was more than a snake. This creature was not of this earth. We're not talking about little green men from Mars. That's not what we're talking about. We're not talking about that. But he was beautiful. He was very convincing. He was authoritative. He was opposite of what God said. His voice was mesmerizing because he had tabrets and pipes. And this, the Bible defines alien, and it says uh, it's a relating of a, of a person, place, or thing that has come from another world. That's what Webster defines alien as, belonging to or relating to another person, place, or thing coming from another world. Satan came from another world. He was an interloper. When Satan saw what Adam had, Satan came in the garden. He didn't go to the hippopotamus. He didn't go to the giraffe. He didn't go to the lion. He didn't go to the bear. He went to man. Why? Because man is where the authority was. And he came deceptively. He came with a strong weapon called deception. In other words, he was an alien, not from this realm, not born of a man or woman, and God never told him that this beautiful being was coming. But the word serpent or snake in the original Hebrew means nakosh. Nakosh. It's a Hebrew word. And it has a noun connection, a verb connection, and an adjective connection. The noun connection is the word for serpent. The verb connection means a deceiver or a diviner with divine knowledge. The adjective connection is he was bronze or brazen and shined. 
Therefore, it could be translating the shining deceiving serpent. The shining deceiving serpent. Therefore, it could be, it, 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 therefore, it had to be more than just a snake. Now, I want to show you a scripture, and this cinches it right here. This closes the deal. This closes the deal right here. It's found in Ezekiel. Look what it says. It says, Ezekiel was talking about Satan. He said, you have been in the Garden of Eden. Ah, where have you been? You've been in the Garden of Eden. What did you look like when you was in the Garden of Eden? Every precious stone was your covering. Sardis, topaz, diamond, beryl, onyx, jasper, sapphire, emerald, carbuncle, and gold. Wait just a minute before you go any further. Ezekiel places him in the Garden of Eden. That's not a normal looking snake. Gold, topaz, diamond, jasper. That's not a regular garden variety snake, friend. This is an interloper. This, this snake, this serpent, not a snake, but a, a serpent means dead business. He is after God's authority that he placed in Adam. He wants to take over the world. And he did. He won. He deceived and he won. Now listen to me carefully. Look at the next verse. The workmanship of your tablets and pipes was prepared in you the day that you were created. Thou art the anointed cherub that covereth, and I have set thee so. Thou wast upon the holy mountain of God. Thou hast walked up and down in the midst of the stones of the fire. You was perfect in all your ways from the day you were created until iniquity was found in you. And your heart was lifted up because of your beauty and you've corrupted your wisdom by reason of your brightness. I will cast you to the ground. I will lay thee before kings that they may behold you. In other words, God said, I will cast you to the ground. And that's exactly what God did after he deceived Eve. And the Bible says Adam was not deceived, but Eve was deceived. After he deceived Eve and after they nabbed him and said he's the one, God cursed him and brought him to the ground. But before he did, he was full of a powerful voice, tabrets and pipes, unlike a human being. He had the ability. He had the beauty. He had the presence. And all God said was, don't take this fruit and eat of it. That's all he said. Let me ask you this question. With what's coming and the last great deception. You see, that was just Adam and Eve in the garden, two people. In the last days, it's going to be the false prophet and the antichrist concerning the whole nations of the earth. It won't be just Adam and Eve, it'll be the nations of the earth. And the false prophet will have such deceptive powers that he will pull the world in. The globalist, the elitist, the educated boys, the godless people. He'll pull them in. And it will be a last ditch effort on Satan's part to wrest the kingdom from the Lord and to circumvent the millennial kingdom of Christ and Armageddon, it'll be his last ditch effort. And the Bible tells us that he'll lose. Can somebody say hallelujah to that? 
I said, he'll lose. But it will be his last ditch effort. And it will be not just Adam and Eve, but it will be the nations of the earth and the leaders and the kings and the queens of the earth and the presidents and prime ministers. He's going to do his very best. How's it going to happen? I have an idea. I just want to see what you think about it. Let me show you what happened. And I want to show you how the door was open. You see, when the devil comes, the devil's not just interested in you. He's interested in your husband and your wife and your children and your, your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren and your great-great-grandchildren. He's interested in everybody that comes after you and connected with you. Now, let me show you what happened. Watch this. After they ate and her teeth broke that skin of the forbidden fruit, death set in. Death set in to the earth. It set into creation. It set into the animal kingdom. It set into man. It set into the atmospheric heavens and the stellar heavens, not the third heaven, but the atmospheric heavens. Man's going to have to earn his living by the sweat of his brow. The earth was cursed, and even the food that, food that comes from the earth is cursed. And as soon as that happened, it was not just Adam and Eve anymore, but now it was everybody that they were going to biologically produce, reproduce by being the progenitors of the human race, the mother and father of the human race. He got to everybody that was going to come after him. He was smart. I want to tell you something about Satan. Satan is nobody's fool. He means business. He hates Christ. And he hates Christ's church. And so here's what I'm telling you. Don't you be deceived. You'll be wise as serpents, but harmless as doves. Know who you're dealing with and know what's happening and be aware. And the only way you can be aware is to know your Bible. And to walk in the spirit and to walk in the light as he's in the light. And that's not hard to do. But there's something about your spirit connected to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will let you know when something is going on that you don't need to be a part of. He'll let you know. And I'm going to tell you, there's a lot going on today that you don't need to be a part of. We need to walk closer to God than we've ever walked to him before. Somebody shout amen. Well, what happened? What happened? You might say, well, what happened? Well, let me tell you what happened. All of a sudden now, a door's been opened. They yielded to the devil. Death set in their bodies. The earth is cursed. When they have children, their children are born under a curse. But oh, look what happened. Oh, look what happened. When Adam and Eve began to have children, and the fallen sons of God, the fallen angels, saw the daughters of men, they said, wow, they're beautiful. And the fallen sons of God that followed Satan in an insurrection in heaven against God, and they followed Satan. And when they saw the daughters of men that Adam and Eve had created, when they sinned and bit that forbidden fruit, it opened up, it opened a door onto humanity by that one act of rebellion and disobedience. And when the sons of God saw the daughters of men, they came into them and had copulation with them. And out came Nephilims. 
part demon and part human, a hybrid race. And it was so bad. It got so bad. There were so many Nephilims and the human race had been so defiled by God gene and by a demonic gene. You know, the human gene and the demonic gene that there were just Nephilims all over the place. And the Bible said that humanity had become so defiled, man's heart was only evil continually against God. The earth was full of violence, and there were giants walking around everywhere. A hybrid a hybrid race. And God looked down on that, and he, he repented that he had made man. But then the Bible says this. It says this about Noah. God searched and he found a man by the name of Noah. But look what it says about Noah. Look what it says. These are the generations of Noah, a just man. It said perfect in his generations. Look at that word, perfect in his generations. It didn't say he was perfect. What it meant was Noah didn't have any defilement in his biological genetics where God could put them on a boat and start all over again, just eight humans and put them on a boat and destroy everything else on the earth. He destroyed it with water. He destroyed the animals. He destroyed the Nephilims. He destroyed humanity. Eight people on a boat. God said, I'll start over again. But he didn't find a perfect man in Noah because Noah wasn't perfect. It said he was perfect in his generations, which means his seed, his genetic seed had not yet been defiled by demons. And so God put him and his wife and the eight on that boat. And when the waters assuaged, Jonah got off, uh, Noah got off the boat with his family and they began to reproduce. And that's when God wanted back into humanity. That's when he found Abraham. That's when he cut the blood covenant with Abraham. And that's when Abraham became the father of faith. Interesting. Interesting. I'm taking my time because I want you to chew on this as I'm going along. I just want you to chew on it for a minute. I don't want to go too fast. But see, when Adam and Eve disobeyed God and been of that forbidden fruit and death came, it opened up their children that they were going to have to aliens. Who are the aliens? The fallen sons of God. They were not human. Fallen sons of God, they come down and saw the daughters of men had sex with them. Aliens having sex with humans. Now you can say what you want to. You can disagree with me if you want to. But by crackies, I'm right. And you know I'm right. You know I'm right. And this is not something to play with here. This is not something to be funny about. I'm just trying to tell you, I want you to think about things in a different way this morning. And I also want you to start thinking in terms that what's coming with the false prophet and the Antichrist together, an unholy duo that's going to emerge soon. And I'm seeing the signs right now of this unholy duo about to emerge. And the deception is going to be so syrupy thick that it's going to be very difficult for the strongest of Christians to resist it. And I just want to ask you, so far, how are you doing? Do you think you've got what it takes to resist it? If you don't, you need to find a place with God and you need to start studying his word so you'll be strong to resist it. Somebody shout amen. amen. Watch this.
Somebody says, Brother Kilpatrick, what, what did Jesus say when he was here? Need I remind you? He said, as it was in the days of what was going on in the days of Noah. Aliens was having relations with humans. As it was in the days of Noah. He wasn't just talking about the violence. He wasn't just talking about people sinning. But he said, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. And you know what? He didn't give us hardly any details on that. He didn't explain himself too much. But I will show you this. When Jesus was here on the earth, his disciples came to him in the book of uh, Matthew, uh, ch chapter 24 of Matthew. And I want you to look and see... I'm picking out three verses. Just want to show you this real quickly. Picked out three verses. In Matthew 24, it says this. They came to him and they said, Lord, what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? And they asked him this specific question. Lord, what will be the sign of your coming? What will be the sign? And what will be the sign of the end of the age? And Jesus answers it, but he answers it in such a way that unless you know what you're looking for, it might get lost in there. But he only mentioned one sign more than once. He mentioned it three times. He didn't mention earthquakes three times. He didn't mention famines more than one time. The only sign he mentioned more than once was deception. And here's the way he mentioned it. He said in verse 4, he said, take heed that no man deceive you. He jumped ahead in verse 11. He said, false prophets shall arise and shall deceive many. He jumped ahead in verse 24 and he said, there will be false Christ, false prophets, and shall show great signs and wonders insomuch that if it were possible, look at this, he said, they shall deceive the very elect. Now let's look at this one more time. Let's go back to the first one. First time Jesus said this, he's talking to the disciples and he said, and I'm going to show you how this progresses. Jesus said, take heed that no man deceive you, the disciples. Second time he said it, he was explaining how things are going to be toward the end of the age. And I'll show you that in just a second. He said, this same spirit will deceive many. But he said, it's going to get so bad that at the very end, he said, deception will be so syrupy thick. And it will be so convincing and so explainable. That he said, if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. You know what that means? He's saying is, he's saying that it may be possible that the very elect, unless they're up on their game, may be totally deceived in the last days. I've made up my mind. I want to just tell you this. I've made up my mind. No matter what the cost, I'm going to preach the word of God till I die. I'm not going to capitulate. I'm not going to give in. I'm not going to compromise. I'm going to tell people the truth. Even if they're walking out the door, I'll follow them out the door. Hey, I tried to tell you that. You better listen to me. You know what I'm saying? 
I'm going to tell people the truth until the time of the very end because I'm not left to preach what I think I need to preach. We've got to preach what the Lord said to preach. And we've got to get the people of the earth ready for the soon coming of Jesus Christ. But it is going to be a battle royal. The deception is going to be so strong that unless you know what you're dealing with, you as a simile God person, a Pentecostal person, a charismatic believer, a spirit-filled believer, you may be deceived if you don't listen to someone like myself right now before all this stuff starts taking place. And I'm talking about soon. Let me show you how this works. The first stage, he went to the Mount of Olives, his disciples came to him privately and said, tell us when shall these things be, what be the sign of your coming, the end of the age? He said, take heed that no man deceive you. That was the disciples. Now, let me show you how this progresses. Then he jumped over in verse 7. He said, now nation shall rise against nation. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's look at this. Whoa, whoa, whoa. This is the World War era. This is the 1900s. The World War era. Nation shall rise against nation. Ethnic against ethnic. And he said... Kingdom will rise against kingdom. That means world wars. And there will be famines, pestilence, earthquakes, and diverse places. These beginnings are, they're going to deliver you up, the Jews. And this is talking about the Holocaust. They're going to deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you. And you should be hated for all nations for my name's sake. That's the Holocaust. And then many shall be offended and shall betray one another and hate one another. And many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. And so in other words, deception is going to, don't you be deceived, he told the disciples. But it's going to progress later on, down in the millennium. It's going to progress later on in the millenniums that's to come. When you see world wars and when you see the Holocaust. And the great persecution of the Jews and kingdom rising against kingdom and nation against nation, you'll see deception is going to really take root then and many will be deceived. But look what he saves until last. He said, the third stage is when iniquity shall abound and the love of many shall wax cold. That means the great falling away. And that's where we are right now. Let me ask you this question. How many of you doubt that we're living in a time of the great falling away. You're seeing preachers fall. You're seeing people leave church that served God for many years, decades. You're seeing people turn cold. You're seeing pulpits re- resist the Holy Spirit and the moving of the Holy Spirit. You're seeing that tongues in Pentecostal churches is now ruled out. They don't want you speaking in tongues. You see that signs and wonders and miracles. You see that now people don't want the Holy Spirit moving in their churches. The Holy Spirit's bound and gagged over in the corner. You see people falling away. People are doing all kinds of things. They're living worldly. They're talking worldly. They act worldly. They live worldly. They think worldly. They're not even in touch with what God wants us to be in touch with in these days that we're living in. And he said, because the love of many will wax cold. I have never seen so many heartless Christians as I'm seeing today. People that once loved God and would once pray for you and lay hands on you and preach to you now are full of bitterness and full of rebellion and they're against the things of God. Great falling away. Preachers that once preached the whole gospel, the full gospel, are now preaching Some kind of a little pablum gospel just to please people. Great falling away. 
People are sitting in the pews living any way they want to live. And it's a great falling away. You can say what you want to, friend. I'm just telling you the truth. And here's what he said. But he said, he that shall endure to the end shall be saved. In other words, this great falling away is going to be right here at the very end. But he said, if you'll endure, you're going to have to endure some things. But he that shall endure shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world and all nations. So that's happening right now. God TV, TBN, other Christian networks, they're preaching the gospel around the world right now, all over the world. That's happening right now. And he said, this shall be preached as a witness to all nations, global communications for preaching the gospel. And then shall the end come. And he said, when you see the abomination of desolation, which means the Antichrist setting up his kingdom in Jerusalem in the rebuilt temple. He said, when you see that spoken out by Daniel the prophet, and whoever reads this, let him understand. If you're in Judea, flee to the mountains. Let him which is on the housetop not come down to take anything out of the house. Neither let them that's in the field return back to take their clothes. Woe unto them that give suck in those days. And to those, and, and pray that your, light, uh, that your flight be not in the winter, etc., etc. He said, then there's going to be great tribulation. The last three and a half years of the tribulation period. There's going to be such great tribulation. Not since the beginning of the world to this time. No, nor ever shall be. Except those days should be shortened, there'll be no flesh saved. But for the elect's sake, those days will be shortened. Therefore, if any man say to you, here is Christ, or there is Christ, he said, there's going to be a false Christ and false prophets, and shall show great signs and wonders, if it were possible, they would even be able to deceive the very elect. Now, I want to take you back and show you something real quickly. I want to go back to page 13, Aaron, on future encounters. I know that you know this, and I'm not trying to make more out of it than what needs to be made out of it, but I know that you know this. That there's signs now all around us of things in the heavens that can't be explained. I'm not a UFO person. I'm not that person. You've got the wrong man. But I am saying that there's definite signs in the heavens of unidentified objects that can't be explained. So you see the first entrance into God's plan was elaborate, it was strategic, and it was successful. There are signs in the skies right now, and in recent years, there's ever-increasing number of signs that can't be rejected or explained away anymore because they're too blatant. Astonishing things in the skies. So the governments of this world, especially the American government, have pretty well managed to squelch any information concerning this phenomenon but it appears now in the times that we're living in that we may be on the verge of governments now beginning to realize they're not able to contain or conceal these things any longer that's going on above our heads. Not just in our government, 
But global governments are on the verge of openly now recognizing the existence of strange otherworldly sightings. So the globalists seem to believe that whatever this is may be beings, extraterrestrials. And many believe that they may be trying to come and offer and usher in a period of peace, prosperity, and global unity. And much will depend on how you deal with these strange events that may soon take place. So I titled this message, What If? And let me tell you why I titled it that. Because this sounds so outlandish. But I always want to ask this question, but what if I'm right? What if I'm right? I just want you to think about it. Say what you want to about me. I just want you to hear what I'm having to say. What if I'm right? Until recently, this kind of talk was relegated to the lunatic fringe, our crazy science fiction buffs. But now, things have emerged to the place that even television programs, such as the History Channel, is now in their 16th season of a program called Ancient Aliens. It's watched by millions, millions of people. Millions of people are not watching Christian television. I don't care what channel it is or what national network it is. Millions of people are not watching Christian television. But millions and millions of people are watching the History Channel and they're watching Ancient Aliens. It's a well-documented, well-presented, highly technological, and very professionally done. And also now, there's also a series on television on the History Channel called The Secrets of Skinwalker Ranch, which investigates strange anomalies and supernatural phenomena in the skies and at different locations on the earth. These and other documentary type programs are growing by leaps and bounds, more so than any other type presentation on television or the internet. Now the federal government has been commissioned to release the Pentagon and NASA both. The government has been commissioned and commanded by the federal government to release previously classified information for public consumption, and it's supposed to happen in June. They had 180 days to get their pres presentation ready. It was included in the $2.3 million stimulus package of the government, and the president had told them that they must publish this report on unidentified aerial phenomenon in less than 180 days, which comes due in June. So with that being said, I know that that report's about to come out, and people that have seen part of the report has said, you won't believe what's in there, and people that I know that knows what they're talking about. The Pentagon, as well as NASA, are being commanded to share all that they know. Even the Vatican has satellites where they're tracking such things. Now, in closing, I just want to share this with you about the two beasts of Revelation. I believe that what's about to happen in the world as the clock is clicking.
and as the sand is draining out of the hour clock. I believe that we are being systematically set up for probably one of the greatest deceptions that has ever been known to humanity, period. It will be the ultimate deception, and anybody that lives on the earth can be vulnerable to it. It will make Eden look like a Sunday school picnic. The world will not know it, but Satan's last stand, he's going to try to take over and unseat Christ from his messianic rule and his eternal kingdom. He's going to try to circumvent it. He'll do everything he can to keep Christ from ruling and the church ruling with him. So in the book of Revelation, it talks about a beast out of the sea and a beast out of the earth. In the book of Revelation, it says, There was given unto him a mouth speaking great things. Power was given unto him to continue 42 months. But in the book of Revelation, chapter 13, verse 11 through 18, a beast coming up out of the earth, and he had horns like a lamb. He spake as a dragon. He exercised all the power of the first beast before him and caused the earth and them which dwell therein to worship the beast whose deadly wound was healed. He does great wonders. And this beast can make fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men and deceives them that dwell on the earth by the means of those miracles which he had the power to do in the sight of the beast, saying to them that dwell on the earth that they should make an image to the beast and which had the wound by a sword and did live. He gave power unto the image of that beast that he should both speak and cause as many as would not worship the image of the beast that should be killed. He causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their hands, that they might not, or on their foreheads, that they might not buy nor sell, save he had the mark, the name, or the number of the beast. Now let me talk real quickly about the first beast that came up. One came up out of the earth, one came up out of the sea. The first beast that came up out of the sea is the Antichrist. He comes up out of chaos. When it talks about he rises up out of the sea, he's not coming up out of the sea as you know it, but he's coming up out of the sea of humanity in a period of great chaos. And when things are out of sorts, chaotic condition of the earth and governments of the earth. The second beast rises up out of the earth. He rises up out of the earth of the intellectuals, the smart boys. He comes out of established civil order. He's a product of society. The first beast is political, which will be the Antichrist. He's crowned a king and he has military sovereignty. The second beast is religious. He comes like a lamb. He comes to deceive the whole world, not just the nation, but the whole world into accepting political authority. What did COVID do? COVID shut down the nations of the earth in a matter of days, hours, shut down the whole earth. Do I think that that was something to do with the eventual rise of the Antichrist? I'm suspicious of it, but I can't prove it yet. So what is the mark of the beast? It's number 666. In Revelation 16 and 2, I want you to look what happens when people take the mark of the beast. It said, the first went and poured out his vial upon the earth, and there fell a noisome, greasome, 
grievous sore upon those which had the mark of the beast and upon them which worshiped his image. When people take the mark of the beast during the tribulation period, grievous sores breaks out on them. It's such an evil mark on their forehead and on their hand. It's, they've taken that. It could be a shot. It could be whatever. But it's some kind of an identification. And it causes grievous sores to break out. It's not unusual for a beast out of the sea and a beast out of the earth to work together. Uh, a political figure and a religious figure. In the days of Moses, Pharaoh had his wizards that he worked with. He had his astrologers. Pharaoh worked with the political system of his day, which was an evil anti-God system. Moses worked, or, uh, I'm sorry, Pharaoh worked with that evil setup. Balak worked with Balaam. Absalom and Ahithophel worked together. One a political leader and one a religious leader. The religious and the political has always joined and merged. Ahab and Jezebel. Ahab was the politician. Jezebel was the spirit, the evil spirit. And so finally, let me close with this. This is what has me concerned. In Corinthians, I couldn't have found a better scripture <laughs> that says how I feel when I preach this message. This is in the New King James Version. The Apostle Paul said, No wonder Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. Now listen to me carefully. What people are talking about when it comes to aliens is they can shapeshift. I don't know if you ever have heard that term or not, but it's called shapeshifting. A spirit, a human can't do it, but a spirit can take itself and shapeshift and appear to be something completely different. A human can't do that <clears throat> because it has its margins and its boundaries that it has to function in. But a spirit can shapeshift and can appear to be one way when it's totally another way. And I'll give you some examples. The Bible says in Corinthians, Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. Oh, really? Yes, he does. He doesn't come as Satan. He can transform, shapeshift himself into an angel of light. Be very convincing. Therefore, it's no great thing if his ministers, it calls them his ministers. Listen, don't kid yourself, friend. Don't kid yourself. Just as the Lord has a fivefold gifting, Satan also has a fivefold gifting. Satan has evangelists, and they preach every day. And they're on your television sets, they're on sports programs, they're entertainers, they're movie stars, they are evangelists. For the last day, end time deception. And Satan has his apostles. They are literally apostles in the political world. They're reverenced, but they're godless. And they are anti-Christ, but they are godless, evil apostles. And the Bible says they call themselves apostles, but they are not. 
And they shapeshift themselves into being ministers of God when really they're teaching doctrines of demons. And people receive it and, re- and accept it. Listen, listen to what it says. Therefore, it's no great thing if Satan's ministers also transform themselves into ministers of righteousness, whose end will be according to their works. And then the Bible says in Hebrews, it says, don't forget to entertain strangers because angels can shapeshift and you think they're human. You may be entertaining an angel unaware, but it, you may think you're entertaining a human, but it's really an angel. They can shapeshift. Listen to this. Jesus can shapeshift. When he resurrected, he didn't do it before. But when he resurrected, he'd been killed. Mary supposed him to be the gardener. When Jesus resurrected, the Bible said the same evening, being the first day of the week, the doors were shut. The disciples assembled for fear of the Jews, and Jesus came and stood in the midst and said, Peace be unto you. The doors were shut. He shapeshifted and walked right through the wall and appeared to them. He shapeshifted. It was the same Jesus. But look at this. On the road to Emmaus, it came to pass when they communed together, Jesus drew near. Their eyes were holding that they should not know him. It came to pass as he said and meet with them. He broke the bread. Their eyes were opened. They knew him and he vanished out of their sight. But look at this in verse six, chapter 16, verse 12. This is in your King James Version. It said he appeared in another form. Look at that. Jesus appeared in another form. Now please hear everything I'm saying to you. We're talking about a spirit. Jesus, that's the Holy Spirit. He's doing holy work. He's showing his divinity. He's showing his supernatural power. But don't be deceived and think that he's going to be the only one doing that. Satan is going to come with very deceiving, very convincing doctrines of demons taught by people that's polished, articulate, sophisticated. And it's really a demon speaking. It's a doctrine of demons. So, I want to leave this with you today. I know this has been a heavy message. (laughs) I know it has. And you can only imagine how I feel delivering this. What preacher preached? Oh, he preached on aliens. (laughs) Sally, he preached on aliens over there. Brother Felshaw had had one of his preachers come in and preach on aliens about UFOs and all that kind of stuff. But you know what? I just want you to be ready. Because sure enough, here's what Jesus said. He never told Eve, Eve, now look at here, girl. There's somebody coming in this garden. You, I want you to really, uh, Adam, I want you to be prepared, buddy. No, that's not what he said. He just said, don't eat this tree. That's all they needed to know. Now look at this last scripture. Just a, just a phrase, what Jesus said. He said, I have told you before. Look at that scripture. He said, I have told you before. He didn't tell Eve the details. 
It's in Matthew 24, verse 25. He said, behold, I told you before. In other words, he didn't tell Eve the details. He kept it. All he said was, I'm telling you all you need to know. Don't eat this tree. But he never told him who was coming, never told him what he's going to look like, never told him how convincing it was going to be. And in the last days, you have the Apostle John and different ones saying there's going to be a beast come up out of the sea, out of chaos. There's going to be one come up out of the earth. And this is going to have religious power, deceptive powers. This is going to have great political and military powers. They're going to work together. They're going to try to deceive the whole world. This is not going to be a Garden of Eden little ditty. This is going to be a last-ditch effort of Satan and hell itself to unseat Christ and to abort his eternal plan. And you may be on the earth during that time. And I may be on the earth during that time. And I may have to give my life. I understand that. I may have to give my life for preaching like this. But I honestly believe I can say that I could do that because I want God's people to know the truth. God bless you, friends. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the One City Church podcast. For more information about our church, visit onecity.church.